Well, he's with us every single uh, Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time uh, with a uh, show that we call Spin Class, uh, the latest in the world of politics, both local, national, international. He's got a lot to say about a lot of things. His name is Michael Fragan, and he's here with us in our makeshift studio. I've got to get a bagel. Welcome, Michael Fragan. Good morning, Nachum, and uh, great place you have here, I have to say. <laughs> this is the best spread we've ever put out. This huh? is the best spread I've ever had. I, you know, I am hungry. I walked in hungry. I'm hungrier right now. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just get this on with it so I can eat. That's a good idea, actually. All right. Um, there's so much to talk about. There's a specific, or I should say there's a certain atmosphere in this country right now, a, um, especially here in New York City. You feel it like crazy. Um, they're calling it a progressive political atmosphere. And I don't know if this is a trend. I don't know if this is a, uh, you know, something that's uh, a flash in the pan, as they say, in the world of politics, and the big picture is just going to come and go, or if this is something that uh, really could affect, in a, to a large degree, the future of the United States of America. How do you view this whole progressive movement, both here in New York and nationally? Well, certainly the progressive uh, movement is is on the march. It's on the rise. We've seen it in a number of different elections. Uh, it's the Queens district attorney's race that took place that probably a lot of people didn't notice that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Queens district attorney race that happened at the end of June, which is still being decided, the Democratic primary, uh, pitted traditional Democrats versus a, an insurgent type Democratic Socialists of America backed candidate uh, named Tiffany Caban running against the establishment. Of course, it's a was a multi-candidate race, which of course made it, but that right now is a 16-vote margin. That race was certainly about entirely about progressive ideals. I mean, this is a woman, Tiffany Caban, who doesn't believe in jails. She actually got on a TV interview and was asked, you want to close Rikers Island and you don't want to build new jails. Where are you going to put people who commit crimes? And she says, we want to decarcerate. Now, actually... Didn't even know that the word. I understand incarcerate. We go to decarcerate. I want to decarcerate. She doesn't want to put people in jail. She's a prosecutor. She's running for the prosecutorial office, and she doesn't want to put people in jail. It's Now, that's kind of the job, right? It's, 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 you, know, you have to do it. It's one of those things. You might not want to do it, but you have to do it. But we see it on both sides. I mean, I don't want to put all the blame on the left, although it's kind of fun to do that. Uh, <laughs> We see it on both sides. I mean, there is a trend towards the extremes on both sides in both parties. Uh, We see it in the Republicans also. There is a move towards the end. It's part of polarization of our politics, polarization of society. That has been a trend that's going on for two decades now. And the biggest problem is that most members of, whether it's Congress or members of different legislatures, they're more worried about a primary than they're worried about a general election. Right. And when you're only worried about a primary, you're looking, if you're a Democrat, you're looking to your left. If you're a Republican, you're looking to your right. And we're seeing that. Interestingly, there was, there's been some big pushback. Yesterday, in the House, in the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who herself is probably considered a San Francisco liberal, San Francisco progressive, okay? She... In, pretty much from what we understand, admonish the four, meaning AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and Ilana Presley. Uh, and she basically told them enough already criticizing other Democrats in the conference. That's just not the way we do things. You have complaints, you bring them to me. And AOC basically said, eh, 
to heck with you. <laughs> right. And and that attitude that she displayed is really what's happening in this whole Democratic debate, which uh, the next one, I don't know when it is, in a few days from now. But it, it's basically what you're seeing is that, you know, there are people who are willing to spar publicly in front of hundreds of millions of people with their Democratic colleagues. And I wonder if the president, the current occupant of the White House, sits back and laughs and thinks it's a major advantage for him that that's going on. Look, we two night, you had to watch two nights of debates, which itself was... Right. Pretty painful, kind of puts a crimp in the summer schedule. But, and we're going to have to do it again in <laughs> two weeks or so. Right. But you two, you watch two nights of debates, and I'm sure that the president is sitting there and thinking, wow, this is easy. Uh, you know, I'm looking, I mean, this is easy compared, compared to what I had to deal with in mm-hmm. 2016. It's a march far to the left, actually, that way. It's a march far to the left. Everybody's saying, oh, I mean, hands go up. Do you want to get rid of private insurance? Yes. yes. I mean, it's, 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 we... let's let's get rid of private insurance. Let's make sure that all illegal immigrants have free health insurance. Well, this is like the whole thing when you kind of favor people who are breaking the law over those who keep who are law abiding. That's a really bad po- political situation to be in. And instead of going for the center, where I think the Democrats should be trying to look, because there is a center there. There are, if we see for the 2018 elections, there are people who are unhappy to the fact that the Republican Party has moved far to the right. right. And instead of going towards the center, they're going far left. Um, a, a friend, and Michael Fragan's with us, we're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere. Um, a friend of mine said in 2016, when Hillary and Bernie were still fighting it out in the Democratic primary, he said the best thing for this country would be is if Bernie wins this nomination and then Bernie goes against Trump and we can finally make a decision as a country. Are we going to be a socialist country or are we going to be, you know, a corporate country or whatever you want to call, you know, the, the, what Trump is perceived to be. Um, and I'm wondering if we're sort of heading in that direction now. What, his wish for this Bernie versus Trump match might actually come true now in 2020. It's possible. I don't know that Bernie is going to be the I don't nominee. mean Bernie himself. Right. I'm saying someone. Well, there that- is a serious discussion right now. I mean, the polling is so interesting, particularly amongst Democrats, because I think there are a lot of people, a lot, particularly younger people, younger than me uh, even. I don't want to say younger than you, <laughs> but younger than me who don't appreciate the downsides of socialism. They think, oh, socialism, it's great. I can be guaranteed a job. I can be guaranteed health care. I can be guaranteed education. But guess what? It doesn't work. Look at these countries that are socialist countries, avowedly socialist countries. The ones that have moved past socialism, China, Vietnam, some of these other are you know, kind of economically successful, but they weren't for many years. Okay? But look at Venezuela. Is that what you want to be? Do you want to be a collapsing country and a collapsing economy because socialism has taken over? It's bizarre that people think that this socialism idea is this kind of panacea. But you have people out there, and I mentioned Tiffany Caban is the you – know, in Queens was the candidate of the Democratic Socialists of America. So they think Democratic Socialists, not so bad. I can add Democratic in there. Therefore, it's Socialists. It's, it's unbelievable when you, when you come and you talk about these policies. And particularly, I will say, the De- Democratic Socialists of America, we should all be aware in our community, is avowedly anti-Israel. They are pr- openly pro-BDS. It's not like that they are, they are, are pro-one-state solution. And that one state is not our state that they're pro. So think about it in context, what socialism means before you embrace it. And most of the country, this is not a socialist country. Go outside of urban areas like Astoria and Jackson Heights and uh, 
at Brownstone, Brooklyn, this is not a socialist country. All right, leave New York, leave California, and leave Massachusetts, and you have a completely different United States. It's a complete, it is a completely <laughs> – but, but you, you can go two hours upstate New York, and right. it's a completely different Correct. different country. Um, Michael Fragan's with us. Uh, it, it, it's a, a very interesting picture in terms of what's happening in this country. It's also an interesting picture in terms of what's happening locally. We have a um, – uh, I don't want to say fear may be the wrong word, but there's a there's an atmosphere, uh, even here in New York, and some may say especially here in New York, uh, that it's becoming increasingly difficult to be pro-Israel, increasingly difficult to be a noticeable Jew in some areas of this city. Um, what do you think? Do you think that uh, we could depend on our public officials to um, uh, to guarantee? the rights of Jews and other groups and continue to do so? Or might we be heading back to an era uh, not so long ago, if you think about it, even in this area, uh, where it's going to be you know, difficult to, to live as free Jews? It, it is a scary thought, Nahum. I think that, by and large, our elected officials are pro-Israel. They're certainly pro-Jewish, meaning certainly protecting the rights of our community. Hopefully pro-police. Pro-police. I think in, well, not everybody is pro-police, but I, wanna, I would say I do think that. Pro-law enforcement? Would that be a better way of saying it, or is it the same thing? I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that depending on where you go, there are some people who are more pro-police than, than others, but I think that overall there is definitely a sentiment that our, our community is our needs are listened to. Our needs are taken care of. Where we have an issue, and you know, I'll throw you know, this, this word out there, is the intersectionality issue. And I probably explain that for two seconds, what intersectionality is. Intersectionality is this idea, particularly on the left, particularly on the progressive wing, is that you have to be disadvantaged. You have to be part of the non-white, uh, power establishments, okay? So you're going to be a person of black, you're going to be Latino, you're going to be... Uh, um, uh, so you're going to be part of that area of people who were historically disadvantaged and therefore you have certain rights that are more afforded because you've been persecuted in the past. Right. And unfortunately, even though we as Jews have been persecuted for many years in the past, and this is particularly evident on college campuses, that we are... and even in, after the Holocaust, we are kind of looked at as outside of that intersectionality. We are part of the white power structure. Correct. And because we're part of that white power structure, it's kind of open season on a lot of Jews. And it's open season on Israel. Israel's the embodiment of that because we stole the land from people of color. You know, it's, it's, it's shocking that we saw this week a tweet from Linda Sarsour talking about uh, Jesus as a Palestinian with, uh, and a person of color with, uh, with naughty hair, woolly hair she used. Nobody seems to know where in the Quran that actually is said, but either way. Or in the New Testament. Exactly, but this intersectionality <laughs> thing kind of pushes us out into the white. Now, unfortunately, on the white nationalist side and the white supremacist side, they don't like us either. So we're, we're, we, we have the worst of both worlds As in usual, some stuck cases. In the middle. But I think most politicians, Democrats, I don't want to throw any. It's, uh, are very close to our community. I think, by and large, we have very good relationships uh, on both sides of they're the aisle. They're still all saying the right stuff. I mean, outside of the four, but they're all still saying the right stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think the funny thing is, like, even the four, they're like, well, I would never discriminate. Right. I would never. They don't. I think that they just are so wrapped up in their own rhetoric that they can't appreciate the fact that 
advocating for your own community doesn't mean you have to belittle and diminish another community. Right. You working with any specific candidates or government officials right now? No, not this. Uh, I'm a free agent right now. So it's right now we're in the month of July. Anything big coming up in September, November that we should know about? Well, I sh actually should say I'm next uh, headed next week to Israel on uh, a trip with the National Council of Young Israel, uh, together with the new Republican chairman of the state of New York, Nick Langworthy. Um, we're going uh, first his first time to Israel. Mm. Uh, he asked me to join him. We are going to be, obviously, uh, touring all the important spots. Uh, uh, Joe Frager and Mike Huckabee are leading the trip, so thank you to them for doing that. Um, Nicole Maliotakis, who is a former uh, New York City mayoral candidate, currently Assemblywoman, also running for Congress, is going to be joining the trip together with a number of other people. So that's going to be interesting. There's new Republican leadership in the state, and I think that that hopefully will, uh, will benefit uh, a more balanced system that we currently have. And, yeah, look, September is, you know, the, our primaries are, have been in June. We still don't know who right. won the big primary. The big uh, races coming up in New York, um, this is kind of one of those off-off years. Um, you know, you have local races, county executive races, that kind of thing. But people should keep in mind that today's county legislator is tomorrow's congressman. Right. And these are important races. Nicole's a perfect example. Nicole's a perfect example, absolutely. Because the Staten Island people, if they get behind her, they can, uh, just like we saw the way you know, her disposition was running for mayor and her, and her um, uh, opinion and her, uh, her, uh, the direction that she took when it came to our community, obviously the same thing would happen uh, if she was taking a role running for Congress. Yeah, so well, I, important to keep in just mind. a last thought. Actually, yeah. Max Rose is a great example. Okay? Max Rose came in, congressman from that. From that he's a Democrat. Look at the pickle that that guy is mm -hmm. in. Clearly a conservative guy, mm -hmm. clearly a voice, a strong voice for Israel, strong voice for the Jewish people. At the same time, he's got these crazies on the left. I, I can say crazy. He's got these crazies on the left making him nuts that he's got to defend everything that they say and all the things. And the guy is clearly pro-Israel. He's clearly and, – and, and, and if you meet him, you know that he feels it. He's Jewish. And he takes it – but yet people associated with him – you don't want to be in a situation every day that you have to respond to another tweet from a, from a person like Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Always on the defensive. Always on the All defensive. Right. Michael Fragan with us during our regular season every single Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time with Spin Class. I thank you for joining me here today. Thank you very much, Nachum. Thanks thank for you welcoming to, us to Thank Long you to Island. Miriam and the yeah. whole team here. I mean, after all, we came to you this time. Absolutely. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> We're at Gotta Get a Bagel in Woodmere, 1035 Broadway. Stop by, everybody. We're giving her my gold watch of the morning off and we're continuing with more at JM in the AM.